You're listening to The World in My Eyes. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation, and welcome back for another installment of The World in My Eyes. It has been such a pleasure getting to know each and every one of you over on Big Trouble in Little Vagina, and I'm so very excited that I get to share all my thoughts, ideas, and craziness, and, you know, even the voices in my head, except for that one that keeps snoring. I don't know what the hell his deal is. But before we get started, I do want to remind all you little listeners out there that if you're searching for some naughtiness on the internet, then make sure that you visit our sponsor, Adam and Eve Toys. Because if you're in the market for an adult toy, or maybe you just need some help finding that perfect adult toy, then Adam and Eve Toys is your perfect destination. Head on over to Adam and Eve Toys, and by being a Renegade Nation listener, they're going to give you one hell of a deal. Use special code BABE69, that's B-A-B-E-69, and they're going to give you 50% off of one very special item. But that's not all. No, no, they never stop short. No, they're going to throw in some free shipping for you. They're going to throw in three choice adult movies to get you inspired. And a very, very special Renegade Nation listener gift. And let me tell you something. The folks over at Adam and Eve Toys, they really do know how to treat you right. So make sure that you're heading over there today and pick out something really, really naughty for yourself. Go on, splurge a little. Also... Let's not forget that the Renegade Talk Radio Network is growing every single day. We've got a brand new website, and it's so much easier to find all of your favorites. So make sure that you've got the website bookmarked. You don't want to miss it. And make sure that you check out all the other fascinating and provocative shows on the website. We have Cannabis Talk with Miss Patty Cakes, Queen of the Cannabis, Political Insight from Lou Colagiovanni, Deep insight into our conspiracies with Everly Isby, entrepreneurship with and business with Heather Havenwood, and as always, we're going to have hilarity and thought-provoking hijinks, and maybe every now and again a Richie rant, with Richie and our very own Sammy the Sausage Man. And you can also check out my other show, Big Trouble in Little Vagina, where we strive to become better partners, lovers, and just better people in general. Don't forget, there's so much more great talk radio on its way to you, so make sure that you're checking back daily, because I promise you this, you don't want to miss what's coming up next. And we've spent such a great deal of time getting so very intimate with each other, but just in case you're new to the radio network, I am the naughty mistress with the mostest, the melodic goddess, and the deviant diva, naughty Nicole Delacroix. And on today's episode of The World in My Eyes, you know, with the recent 15th anniversary of the terror attacks on our great nation, I thought that it would be fitting to dedicate a little time to looking at all the ways that we've succeeded in the war on terror. Now, I spent a little bit of time writing a very in-depth blog piece, which you can read on the Renegade website. You can just go to the show page for me, and it's listed there as a reflection. But after writing such a very long and, truthfully, emotionally raw piece, I wasn't really sure that I had very much more to say on the subject. (laughs) 
I guess we should have all known better on that one, right? That was until I took a little time to look at how far we actually have come in the war on terror and showing just how we've utterly failed in removing these threats from our shores. The events of September 11, 2001 may have spurred our nation into proactively addressing that growing threat of extremism, but the actions have been giving us a very false impression. In fact, it makes us think that we're actually stomping out evil in this world. The truth is, we couldn't be farther from the truth. And the Al-Qaeda threat is actually growing. See, most Americans assume that Al-Qaeda is a spent force. But they'd be flat out wrong if they believed that. See, Al-Qaeda has the capacity to attempt a mass casualty attack inside the U.S. or in Europe, even today. Years of erroneous assessments have clouded our vision of an enemy that remains committed to its anti-American cause. The Obama administration has repeatedly claimed that drone strikes have crippled al-Qaeda's core, which, to be truthful, was never really well defined anyways. Reporting of al-Qaeda focuses on that upper echelon of leaders, which al-Qaeda refers to as its general command. But no one seems to talk about the fact that al-Qaeda has taken steps to replenish those leadership ranks, with some of its top figures finding safe haven inside the country of Iran. Moreover, al-Qaeda probably has more members today than ever, and its geographic reach is greatly expanded. Documents recovered during the Abbabad raid show that bin Laden and his lieutenants actually managed a more cohesive global network than was once thought. By early May 2011, Al-Qaeda had grown to include groups everywhere from West Africa to South Asia. Despite the rise of the Islamic State, which was disowned by Al-Qaeda in early 2014, Al-Qaeda has continued to expand under the leadership of bin Laden's successor, Ayman al-Zawahari. The key to Al-Qaeda's growth has been its regional branches, which are led by jihadists loyal to Zawahiri. Those branches are Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, Peninsula which is AQAP, Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb, AQIM, Al-Qaeda in the Indian subcontinent, which is AQIS, and Jabhat Fateh al-Salham, formerly known as Al-Nusra Front, and Shabab in Somalia. Each of these regional branches is working to establish Islamic emirates, or states, in their designated geographic areas. But their members could be used in attacks against the West. AQAP was founded in early 2009 and wages a prolific insurgency inside Yemen. From April 2015 until April 2016, AQAP controlled a large stretch of territory along Yemen's southern coast, including major population centers. Al-Qaeda could only dream of controlling entire Arab cities on 9-11, but AQAP did just that, until an Arab-led coalition pushed the Al-Qaeda branch out of some of these locales earlier this year. But AQAP simply melted away, preserving most of its forces and living to fight another day. 
The U.S. has killed several senior AQAP officials since early 2015. But guess what? They've been replaced. One current top AQAP official is a former Guantanamo detainee named Ibrahim Al-Khosi. AQAP has threatened the U.S. on multiple occasions, including the attempted Christmas Day 2009 bombing and many other plots. It also sponsored the January 2015 attack on Charlie Hebdo's office in Paris. AQIM, which became an official part of Al-Qaeda in 2006, remains a dangerous foe in North and West Africa. Organizations such as Ansar al-Shahari, infamous for the 9-11-12 Benghazi raids, Ansar Dine, and others all operate within AQIM's orbit. Late last year, a veteran Al-Qaeda loyalist named Mokhtar Balmokhtar rejoined AQIM's ranks. The newly combined entity has carried out a number of high-profile assaults since then. Shabab in Somalia engages in heavy fighting against African forces on a daily basis. Shabab's men control significant territory and are a frequent target for U.S. special operations. Shabab is most infamous these days for its high-profile massacres in Kenya, such as the Westgate Mall in 2013, and Garissa University College last year. Bin Laden's files show that Shabab was an al-Qaeda branch as early as 2010, but it didn't make its formal allegiance publicly known until 2012. Jabet Fateh al-Salam, also known as Conquest of the Levant Front, is the new brand name adopted by al-Nusra Front in Syria. The al-Nusra was openly loyal to Zawahiri for years, but al-Qaeda recently rebranded the organization for a variety of reasons. Osama bin Laden and Ayman al-Zawahiri realized long ago that the al-Qaeda name can carry significant baggage. So the leader of al-Nusra, Abu Muhammad al-Julani, announced during a televised speech in late July that he and his men had no affiliation to an external entity. This was spun in the press as Nusra's break from al-Qaeda. But Jelani, who was dressed like Osama bin Laden during the announcement, by the way, praised al-Qaeda's leadership at length and never actually said that he was no longer loyal to Zawahiri. Indeed, al-Qaeda itself isn't an external entity in Syria because some of al-Qaeda's top figures, including possibly Zawahiri's top two deputies, have moved to the country. Jelani's announcement was merely a ruse, directed by Zawahiri and his lieutenants. They want to distract people from al-Qaeda's expansion in the Levant. On June 28th, Brent H. McGurk, who serves as the special presidential envoy for the Global Coalition to Counter ISIL, testified before the Senate. McGurk accurately described Nusra as al-Qaeda's largest formal affiliate in history. The group could have 10,000 or more members in its ranks. McGurk also warned that Nusra is providing safe haven for some of al-Qaeda's most experienced terrorists. An al-Qaeda cadre known as Khorasan Group was embedded within Nusra. Zawahiri ordered these operatives to start plotting against the West, but U.S. officials said Zawahiri never gave them the green light to actually strike. Al-Qaeda didn't want Nusra to take the heat that comes with planning direct attacks against the West. 
Nusra's chief goal had been to topple Assad and then build a radical Islamic state on the regime's ruins. This is part of the reason that Nusra was repositioned as Jabet Vatel al-Sham. But seasoned al-Qaeda operatives, operating as part of another entity, could still use Syria as a launching pad for attacks in the West. AQIS is the newest branch of al-Qaeda. Zawahiri announced its creation in September 2014, saying it brought together several existing jihadist organizations under al-Qaeda's banner. AQIS has been exporting terrorism throughout the region since then. AQIS has infiltrated Pakistan's armed forces and is allied with a number of Pakistani jihadist groups. Pakistani officials recently told the Washington Post that they suspect AQIS has a few thousand members in the city of Karachi alone. Al-Qaeda maintains a significant presence inside Afghanistan. In October 2015, for instance, Afghan and American forces conducted a massive operation to take out two large al-Qaeda training camps in the southern part of the country. One of the camps was approximately 30 square miles in size. General John F. Campbell, who oversaw the war effort in Afghanistan at the time, explained that the camp was run by AQIS and is probably the largest training and camp type facility that we've seen in 14 years of war. Think about these two facts. The U.S. government recognizes that Nusra is al-Qaeda's largest formal affiliate or branch in history. And the U.S. military took out the largest al-Qaeda training camp in Afghanistan's history just last year. Contrary to the conventional wisdom, al-Qaeda is not myopically focused on striking the West. Most of the organization's resources have been devoted to waging insurgencies in the Muslim-majority world. But as al-Qaeda's footprint has expanded, so has the threat to the U.S. and to Europe. Al-Qaeda could easily use members from one of these regional branches as an attack against the West. As you can see, Al-Qaeda is hardly on death's door, and we need to wise up and see that they are gaining support and ground, and we are doing absolutely nothing to slow that expansion. All right, my dear listeners, we're just getting started today. Before we get too far into it, we do need to take a moment to visit our sponsors, maybe check out a little bit of music. You're listening to The World in My Eyes. I am Naughty Nicole, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Meet me back here after the break. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. We don't sugarcoat shit. <laughs> this is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. 
and welcome back, my renegade nation heathens. If you're just tuning in, well, you are listening to the world in my eyes, and I thank you for that. And I am Naughty Nicole, your hostess with the mostess. Today, we're reflecting on the War on Terror. And if you want something a little bit less scary to reflect on, then make sure you visit our sponsor, Adam and Eve Toys. Because they have got a vast selection of adult toys, movies, and oh, so much more. I promise you, they'll make you forget about the War on Terror for a little while. So if you're looking for something special, make sure you head on over to Adam and Eve Toys today. They'll treat you right. Don't forget to use Renegade Nation's very own code BABE69, that's B-A-B-E-69, so you can get all the freebies. Now, we're going to look at another story that really hasn't gotten a whole lot of media attention. And for the life of me, I really cannot figure out why. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. It's because it doesn't show the president in a very good light. But I don't really give a fuck what you look like in the light because I'm going to shine the renegade spotlight right on you. So let me tell you a little story about a little hostage rescue mission that got aborted so that President Abominable could play fucking golf. Let me set the scene for you. It's August 10th. Under the dim light of a quarter moon, a U.S. special operations team is skimming the night skies above eastern Afghanistan, awaiting final mission approval from President Obama while speeding towards their objective. The commandos were fast on their way to rescue two western hostages that were being held by hostile gunmen. As the raiders were approaching their target, a makeshift prison compound, they suddenly were ordered to stand down. The president, who was vacationing on Martha's Vineyard, didn't have time to give the required final go-ahead and wanted 24 hours to reconsider the rescue mission. Confirmed by sources are security officials who are privy to the kidnaps and the attempted rescues, and they don't work together and are affiliated with two different agencies. Stated to us, we had the hostages within reach. The first time we went in, we had to stand down. The second time, the hostages were gone. Our special operations team went all that way for nothing. And our special operations team, well, they were aiming to recover two civilians, American Kevin King and Australian Timothy Weeks, who were kidnapped on August 7th in Afghanistan. Both men, English teachers at the American University in Kabul. King and Weeks reportedly were snatched off the street around 8 p.m. Kabul time on Sunday. Four assailants, wearing what appeared to be official uniforms, smashed a window to the teacher's vehicle and pulled them from their car at gunpoint. A driver and a guard, both inside the vehicle during the incident on Dural Amman Road, were not captured but were later questioned by police. The kidnappings unfolded in Afghanistan shortly, shortly after President Abominable and his family began an extended seaside vacation in Massachusetts. Some 90 minutes after Weeks and King were captured, the president arrived at the Farm Neck Golf Club on Martha's Vineyard. 
according to the White House press pool report. As the hostages were spirited away by their abductors and authorities in Afghanistan scrambled to find them, Obama was teeing off at a semi-private course that bills itself as offering an idyllic setting for golf. The president's golf partners were Chris Paul, Cy Walker, and Joe Paulson, according to the press pool. Over the course of the next two weeks, the Obamas enjoyed a holiday marked by trips to the beach, dinners with friends, and, for the president, round after round of golf. But these hostages, they didn't have the luxury of time. The president was on vacation. How could he not find time to approve the mission? What the hell? Some 6,500 miles away in Afghanistan, efforts were already underway to try to recover kings and weeks. Everybody that had the ability to rescue them was trying to find them and be in a position to try and rescue them. The mission was led by U.S. Special Operations. And other agencies were brought into the mix. The CIA was asked to help, and it was given. The mission proceeded with U.S. forces in the air and heading toward the objective. The rescue was in motion. The mission needed only one more thing. The final go-ahead from the president, authorizing the rescue rescuers to execute the plan. In one ready room, the radio crackled to life. Instead of delivering the expected verbal green light through the voice on the radio, gave other news. The president can't make time on his schedule to give the go-ahead. The vacationing president wanted to push the mission back 24 hours, the source said. The commandos peeled off and returned to base. One day later, President Obama actually did authorize the rescue mission, and the operators relaunched. This time, the raiders arrived on target at a compound in East Afghanistan. They assaulted the compound, knocked down the walls. It was a high-profile breach. For more than an hour, the special operations fought inside the compound, engaging in small arms fire. The opponent's affiliation, unclear. They suspected that they were holding a U.S. hostage and therefore hostile. There were at least nine in the compound. The commandos screamed to the people on the scene, Where are kings and weeks? The answer? The hostages were moved four hours ago. The captives' whereabouts are now unknown. The teachers could be in Afghanistan or maybe across the border in Pakistan. Recovery is particularly daunting because of the region. A major issue continues to be the power dynamic within the Taliban, according to a policy analyst who specializes in that region. The Taliban in Afghanistan consists of a loose alliance of factions. Custodial captors can take hostages to a number of places. They have sanctuaries in Pakistan where they can keep the victims, and the Pakistani state patronizes this group as part of the menagerie of good terrorists who work in alignment with the interests of the Pakistani state. Hostage rescues long have been a delicate balance of intelligence and timing. During the Vietnam War, American commandos raided a POW camp in order to rescue dozens of prisoners held captive by communist soldiers near Son Thé in North Vietnam. The rescuers arrived on November 21, 1970, only to find that the prisoners had been moved from the camp. The Son Thé raid 
serves as an ominous precursor to recent attempts to rescue King and Weeks. We had the teachers the first time. We knew where they were, and we were closing in. And the White House screwed it up. But when queried, the White House first directs questions to the State Department, then they'll deflect to another department when pressed about the President's authority as Commander-of-Chief in the Armed Services. The Pentagon directs queries to CENTCOM, and the FBI confirmed receipt of an initial query but provides no details. The U.S. government last year reorganized its overall handling of Americans taken captive overseas. The White House formed, in June 2015, a dedicated interagency hostage recovery fusion cell. The entity consists of specialists from the FBI, Departments of Defense, State, Treasury, and other agencies. At the time, President Obama spoke of his dedication to rescuing Americans held captive abroad by saying, My message to every American being held hostage and to their families is that we will spare no effort to secure the safety of our citizens. He forgot to add, unless I'm out playing fucking golf. All right, my precious listeners, it's that time again, and we do need to visit our sponsors. So take a moment, check out what they have to offer, and meet me back here after the break. I'm still Naughty Nicole, and you're still listening to The World in My Eyes here on Renegade Talk Radio. Meet me here after the break, my sweeties. You're listening to The World in My Eyes. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE69 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE69 at adamandeve.com. And welcome back, Renegade Nation. Benvenidos! Welcome! <laughs> okay, that's the only ones I know. <laughs> Sorry. If you're just tuning in, where the hell have you been? The show's almost over. You better start from the beginning again. No, I'm just kidding. I'll forgive you this time. You are listening to The World in My Eyes, and I am still Naughty Nicole. And I know today's episode has been a little bit on the heavy side, and maybe you're stressing out a little bit. So I hope that during the break that you took a little time to visit our sponsor, Adam and Eve Toys. Because if you're stressing out a little bit, I promise you this, with their selection of adult toys, movies, and so much more, they got something that's going to relax you. I promise. And if you're looking for something very special, I promise you, 
you'll find it at Adam and Eve Toys because they are fantastic over there. Don't forget to use the Renegade Nation special code BABE69, B-A-B-E-69, so that they can throw in all those free things for you. And today, we've been reflecting on the War on Terror. And again, like I said, I know it was a little bit heavy. And you know, I always like to end the episodes with something at least a little uplifting. And we're going to focus on a couple of things that I found that I think went kind of right. Because, you know, after all, life is kind of shitty, but doesn't mean we have to end on a shitty note. So, I want to tell you about a story that I found (laughs) about a Maysville, Kentucky woman that federal authorities have arrested. And they have accused this poor woman of advocating online for terrorist attacks in the U.S. and promoting an ISIS propaganda. Yeah, her neighbors can't believe it, but it's always the quiet ones, isn't it? FBI agents arrested Marie Castelli, 55, on Thursday just days before the 15th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. In the indictment, it states that Castelli posted messages in October 2015 with the names and addresses of three people and wrote that others should execute them. And her neighbor, Herbert Freeman, who lives nearby, said that that's not the person he knows, that the Murray he knows doesn't have an acrimonious bone in her body. Well, apparently, he doesn't know her as well as as he thinks. Boone County Jail records indicated that Castelli was released to U.S. Marshals on Friday. Information about what additional charges Castelli will face wasn't immediately made available. And a woman going by the name of Jihad Marie Antoinette Castelli wrote in an online forum that she is a Muslim without a country that accepts me for who I am and that she'd love to meet face-to-face Sheikh Osama and meet his family. Well, hopefully, you'll meet him soon enough, honey. Now for my very favorite story, and I think this is going to be my favorite story of the entire year, because when I heard this, I kind of went, oh my fucking God, that's amazing. And I want to meet this the gentleman in this story. So if anybody knows this guy, seriously, tell him to contact Renegade Talk Radio. Because not only do I want to meet him, I want to give him a great big wet kiss. So here's this story. A sharpshooter killed a top ISIS executioner and three other jihadists with a single bullet from nearly a mile away. Let me repeat that for you. A single bullet from nearly a mile away. That's right. Just seconds before this ISIS executioner was set to burn 12 hostages alive with a flamethrower, British Special Air Service marksman decided to turn one of the most hated terrorists in Syria into a fireball. And you are my new friend. And I love you by using his Barrett 50 point caliber rifle to strike the fuel tank that was affixed to the jihadi's back. Yes, the pack exploded, killing the terrorist and three of their flunkies who were supposed to film the execution and the hostages, by the way, in case you were wondering, (laughs) were set free. The ISIS butcher, who reportedly delighted in burning hostages alive, 
has been on the U.S. kill list for several months. Yeah, but you know what? Not anymore. (laughs) He and his band of wicked little men have been traveling around ISIS-held compounds in Syria, slaughtering civilians labeled as spies. Their prisoners were tied to stakes or thrown in cages before being torched by the executioner. Because only a pussy has to lock people down to kill them with a fucking flamethrower. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going off. Sorry. ISIS started using flamethrowers after the torture method was popularized in North Korea. Because those are people you want to fucking follow. The ISIS killer was so feared that his victims would beg to be shot rather than to be set on fire. Just before the sniper rescue operation outside of Raqqa, Syria, the SAS team moved into an overwatch position above a village where they were told the execution was going to take place. Up to 12 civilians were meant to be murdered, 8 men and 4 women. The executioner started to give some sort of a rambling speech. Then, when he finished, the SAS sniper, the new love of my life, opened fire. The captives were then rescued by British and U.S. Special Forces. The rescue comes just months after another SAS sniper killed two ISIS car bombers as they drove toward Libya. The sniper's bullet in that story went through the driver's skull and into the passenger's neck, taking them both out. I'm just going to have to say, Renegade Nation, if you you yourself are an army-trained sniper or you have been in the military service, first off, thank you for your service. Second of all, oh my God, I love you. Because I love the fact that this guy was so meticulous that he blew up the fucking pack on this guy's back, killed the jihadist and his stupid fuckheads that were filming it, and saved the and saved the hostages. I mean, seriously, if anybody knows who this guy is, anybody... I mean, seriously, I want him to call me. I want to talk to him. I want to interview him. I want to give him a kiss and do things to him that will make him scream the name of God. (laughs) Okay, enough of that. And we've come to the end of our episode. And I thank you so much for joining me today. Maybe you learned a little something or maybe you liked listening to me ramble on. And if you did, don't hesitate to let me know, because you know what? I'd love to hear from you. You can find me at my website, www.nicole-delacroix.com, or you can reach out to me on Twitter at at Nicole Delacroix. And if you're enjoying my episodes, then make sure you pick up a copy of my book, because I promise you I'm way funnier in print. And that book is Sexual Confessional, Confidential Admissions from Social Media. And by the way, if anybody does know that sniper, seriously, I will send you an autographed copy of my book free of charge. You just reach out to me, my friend. Uh, And it's available on Amazon.com and all other major booksellers. That's our time. And I do want to thank you for joining me here on Renegade Talk Radio. And don't forget to tune in next time. Until then, remember in the immortal words of Mahatma Gandhi himself, An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And I will see you next time, my precious little heathen. We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio.